Annette brought us to my key scripture for our sermon this morning. So we've been speaking over the last couple of weeks. We've spoken about responding to Jesus, i.e. saying yes to Jesus. And we spoke about hearing or listening to Jesus' voice. Last week, we spoke about responding to the word. And today, we're going to speak about uh, understanding Jesus' ways. We've said that God is doing something. He's doing something here at Grace Cove. You, unless you've been under a rock, there is something happening. Even if you're online only, God is still doing something. And you guys online are still able to participate whether you physically ever come to the building or not. Just like you may never go to Paris, you can still participate in Fred's healing and in the church there. And um, we've been saying God is at work. Therefore, therefore, we want to get busy with what God is busy with. We are not just called to work our jobs, feed our kids, pay the bills at the end of the month. We called for much more than that. Do you agree with me? And so to accomplish it, we have to say yes to Jesus. We've got to put our, arms, our hands up and say, Jesus, count me in. If we're going to do that, we need to be able to hear his voice. Jesus, what are you saying to me? How do we understand his voice? Well, by applying his word. The only word that's any use to us is the word that we use. And how do we apply his word? Well, we do that by understanding Jesus' ways. And so this morning, I've got three main passages to share with you. We began by saying, remember the first week, uh, uh, responding to Jesus, we, we spoke about um, Samuel. We said, for some of us, we're just starting out. It's like a new journey. You may not even be born again yet. And today, Jesus is calling your name. And he's saying, my son, my daughter, it's your time today. It's your time today. And whether you're listening, watching this live this morning or later today or sometime in the future, Jesus is saying to you, it is your time today that you could meet him. And for some of us, we're just starting out. Some of us, truth be told, we're starting over. You maybe walked with Jesus for a while and somehow you had funny part of Chedwal. You, you got lost along the way. Or maybe you just aren't where you feel you should be with the Lord. Or he's become like a friend of a friend instead of your Savior and Lord. And then today is your chance to say, Jesus, I'm starting over. Clean slate. This is the most amazing thing. Can I say for you and me human beings who aren't God, that's a hard thing. You know when your mate repents and God forgives him, it's hard for us to catch up. Yes? Some of us, we're starting out. Some of us, we're starting over. Some of us, it's shifting gears. We've been going along this path, following Jesus, and He's just saying, keep going. You're doing well. I'm just wanting to kind of change a little gear here. I'm just wanting to nudge you in a slightly different direction. Maybe it's to do the same thing differently. Maybe it's to move on and do something uh, uh, else that He's calling you to. But, but let me say, you finished the last season first. Don't leave jobs undone. Yep. Yeah. And... Um, if we want to say yes to Jesus, we need to listen to his voice, apply his word, and understand his ways. We said that listening to Jesus is not just about getting instructions. Saying yes to Jesus is not like the army where, where the, 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 the person giving the command says, do this one, two, three. You say, yeah, and off we go. No, working, responding to Jesus, hearing his voice, applying his word is all about an interaction. It's about building a relationship with Jesus so that we can keep in step with him. I've asked us, what is it that Jesus wants to do in us? Does he want to heal us? 
Hope so. Does he want to save us? Yes. Does he want to bless us? Of course he does. Does he want to change our lives around? Of course. But my question is, then what? Believe it or not, Jesus has not just come so that I can have my best life now. He's not just come to augment my reality. He has come that I can be born again, radically turned around, and that I can be useful to him. You can have all the money in the world. Why is it that, that second generation rich kids go off track? Because they've got everything, but they've got nothing that satisfies. And so we would be amiss if we just want Jesus to hook us up, a cosmic father Christmas. And then when we get everything, then what? Then what? And so my point is, if we are able to understand his ways, we'll be able to keep in step with Jesus. Plan, planet Earth includes you and me, not just the special few. And yes, Jesus wants to help you and heal you. As we prayed this morning, we've taken time for that to happen, yes? But I want to say when we get up and go, man, we need to go for him, all right? I remind you of my friend who said, man, it's time to get on the bus, but not just to sit on the bus and look at the scenery, to play my part. I want to encourage us not to look out. I think those that are far from God are people who are looking for the meaning of life. When we're out of touch with our maker, we wonder, well, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? For those of us that serve Jesus who are saved, very often we find we're looking for the purpose in our lives. I want to say to you this morning, when we say yes to Jesus, the purpose returns. We suddenly have stuff to do. Human beings are designed to have mountains to climb, hills to take, service to do. We are most happy when we most serve Jesus. Can I be the first to remind you that Christmas is coming? I'm surprised. We should normally have tinsel in the shops by this stage, right? Hey, Normally it's like that, they, they, you know, it's almost time to start advertising Easter. Never mind Christmas. Hey, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if you're planning your Christmas gifts yet. There are certain members of our family that have planned it like six months ago. Certain members of us that have a life. And <laughs> family. <laughs> if you're a FPUer, if you know what that means that I'm talking to you, then you plan for December because it comes every year and you're relaxed. FPUs, if you are not, you're going, oi, hoister, December's around the corner, what are we going to do, right? I wonder how many to me, from me presents there are going to be this year. Remember those? Yeah? Gents, how many of you are going to buy your, your, your wife a, screw, uh, a, a drill? I hope she actually wants it. Yeah? Huh? Remember that, that advert, hey, to dad, from dad, remember that? You can tell straight away if a person knows you by what they give you. Hey? I remember years ago, I got given an uh, Oxford Dictionary this thick. Now, for most of you, you'd be thinking, man, that's like the worst thing you could imagine. What are you going to do with that? I tell you, it's delightful. I read that thing cover to cover. Well, not cover. Anyway, I read it a lot. <laughs> Had great fun. For me, it was important. Hey? When someone gives you a gift, you know those office parties that are coming up in about three, four weeks' time? Everyone gives a gift, and you think, oh, what now? You know, if that's fine, I'll go into the cupboard, we'll re-gift that next office party. <laughs> yeah? It's like those people at weddings that give glasses. You know, drinking glasses. Hey? wonder how many to dad, from dad, to me, from me gifts. 
Have you ever tried to give a gift that you thought they'd like? And you open, you watch them as they open the wrapping. And like, oh, thanks, that's nice. Put it down quickly. <laughs> See what else is under the tree. <laughs> you know what I got last Christmas from my family? You want to know? Just saying it wasn't a motorbike. It was a toaster. A toaster. Check, Richard knows, you see. Hey, toaster. It was a four slice. It was a cool color, a brand that I love. My family know exactly what I was looking for. Because we had our four slice toaster had packed up. We were struggling with a kind of back of the cupboard two slice. You know those ones, the one that you can't get rid of because it's still working, but you wish you didn't have to keep it. Because I got four toasts, four slice toasts that died and we had to resurrect this thing and it was terrible. Hey, I mean, if you've got a family of more than two in your house, when you try and make toast, let's have breakfast. Okay, I'll see you in half an hour when everyone's get toast. And for me, it's a big thing. You want four slices at a time, don't you? Hey, especially if it comes in a cool package. Yeah. And so for me, my family got a spot. And we had to cut that thing. We packed it in the, in the dust. And we caught it all the way down to, to Cape Town to unwrap it and not use it until we got home again. It was thrilling because my family knows me. They know what to give me. They know it will make sense. <laughs> They didn't even ask what I wanted. They just gave it to me. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 33. <laughs> Jamie's complaining. I didn't give, us, give, give them a list. Normally we're very good in our family like that. Exodus chapter 33 verse 12. Um, and it's taken us there, but let's read it. Uh, 33 verse 12, it says, Moses says to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not yet let me know who you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Don't you want God to say that to you? Hey? I love just if you, if you look for the, the name words. that God says, I know you by name. He doesn't just say, hey, you're my servant. He says, I know you by name. Hmm? Not just Christian, you know, 173,200 million and 72. It's, I know you by name. I know you by name. He says, you have found favor with me. Verse 13, it says, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. The Hebrew for ways, teach me your ways, is the course of life or a mode of action, the way we continue. The ESV says, Please show me your, now your ways that I might Know you in order to find favor in your sight. God, show me your ways. Don't just give me a list. The Ten Commandments happened in that same thing. They've gone up. The, the Ten Commandments have been written by the Lord. He came down. He broke them because he was angry with the people. God calls them back to new Ten Commandments. The second time around, this happens in between. And God says, um, he says, I want to continue to find favor in your sight. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. Have you ever felt like you've just kind of somehow unhitched your train from the presence of the Lord like he was with you and you took a turn and, and or maybe he took a turn and you didn't? Have you felt that? Sometimes it can happen during a day. He says, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me? Uh, and with your people, unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Can I ask, what distinguishes us from the people around us? 
What distinguishes us from you, from your colleagues, us from our people in our suburbs? What's the difference? Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, as Annette read, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. Chapter 34, verse 4, it goes on to say, so Moses chiseled out two stone tablets Went up to the mountain. Verse 5, the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. A person's name, according to the commentary, is a symbol of God's nature, the character and person. You know, when you see in your English Bible, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, all caps. It's the English for Yahweh, the, the word that we Westerners have hijacked. A, a religious Jewish person would take the vowels out of the word because they felt they couldn't even say the name of God. It was too holy. It was too special. It was too much uh, in the embodiment of the divine. So it wasn't just a Fred or a, or a Joe or a Sally. It was when they, when they used his name, it was, this is the entire person I'm speaking to, not just a label. And so when it speaks about Lord, capital O-R-D, it's the Yahweh word. It's uh, the... We can have a Bible study at another time. It's important. Yeah? It speaks about the self-existent one, the Lord, the God, Jehovah. All of those are the same word. It's the proper name of the one true God that the Jews wouldn't even pronounce with the vowels in it. And today we don't know what it sounded like because it's a guess. It was so important to them they didn't even want to use it and make it common. And so God says, I will reveal all of that to you. Amazing. In, In four letters in English. Yeah? And he goes on to say, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming. Give us the next passage. The Lord. The Lord. Sorry, this is me copying and pasting. Those are should be capital L-O-R-D. The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. He's able to, let me just see where I'm going, uh, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third generation. I want to remind us that God's name speaks of who he is, not just what we can call him. It's not just a matter of when I pray, do I say, dear Jesus, dear God, or dear Holy Spirit? Do I call him Father or do I call him Lord? It's more important than that. We're talking about the entirety of a personality. We're talking about the power of God and the love of God and all of that wrapped into one. And uh, when Moses says, God, show me your glory, he's asking, help me understand your ways that I can continue to please you. Isn't it amazing? The context is God gives the Ten Commandments. Now, the, the church for centuries has, has received a bad rap because often the Christianity has been applied as a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, I won't look around this morning, you know, but good Christian ladies. No pants to church, right? All the ladies. It's been said. It's been said. You know, years ago, Colette and I married a couple. Uh, they weren't part of our church. We tried to help them out, tried to reach out to them. This man was 51. He was getting remarried. He told me he hadn't been inside a church building since he was 19. Do you know why? Because when he was 19, his father died and they had the funeral. And he came to the funeral without a tie. And the leaders in the funeral told him that he was not welcome in the church building when he was dressed like that. I want to say that's not the ways of God. That's not this person. 
that we love and serve. That's the do's and don'ts of religious Christianity, religion, not even Christianity, that squeezes us out. And we have the do's and the don'ts. And, and uh, God's name speaks about who He is. And this is the context of the Ten Commandments. It's not just don't look at your neighbor's wife and don't steal your neighbor's donkey. It's more important. It's not just ten things to do. It's let me tell you who I am. Get to know me. Yeah? Moses asked to see God's glory. God reveals him his nature. And so this morning, if we're to respond to God, listen to his voice, apply his word, we're going to need to understand his ways. I remember a, 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 a guy, a, a preacher guy I really looked up to, he used to say, when you come speak to me, when, when you come and ask for counsel, you should leave the conversation with more questions than you came. You see, we don't want to, as elders in the church and as, as leaders here, we don't want to be just um, kind of spiritual GPs, dispensing panados and telling you to take two and, and feel better in the morning. Rather, we're wanting to teach you who Jesus is, that we can know Him, that we can follow Him. I don't have to ask, where does it, where does it say in the Bible that I shouldn't get drunk? It's irrelevant to me. It says it in the Bible, but it's irrelevant if I know Him because I know what pleases Him. I don't have to ask, should I take the petty cash home? I don't have to ask because I know him and I know what makes his his heart pleased. Let me know your ways that I might continue to find favor with you, God, uh, uh, Moses says. You see, you don't, I mean, as leaders, we want to come alongside and help each other, but it shouldn't be, man, I really want to do this thing. I know I shouldn't, but please give me a rubber stamp. We always say it's it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? I understand what people are saying because, anyway, let me move on. But the point is, when we know Him and we're walking according to His ways, that question goes away. It's like, Lord, I don't want to ask for forgiveness. I want to ask for permission because I know You. I don't want to say, Lord, should I turn left or right? I know which one You would choose. I hope you know the people in your home. I hope you know what to expect. And so, first of all, we have Jesus' name. And then number two, we have Jesus' nature. Matthew chapter 25, verse 20. It's the parable of the talents. You may have read it. This master gives three people amounts of money. And he says, look after the stuff while I go away. The first two with the more money invested and make a huge profit. And he's pleased with them. The last guy gets the least money, obviously because he was least trustworthy. And he isn't up to the task. It says, the man who received five bags of gold brought another five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags. See, I've gained five more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. In other words, come and walk according to my ways. Yeah? So often we want God to come to us. If we just get into the road with him, we'll be with him. Yes? Is there someone in church that you've been wanting to spend time with and you can just never make a plan or no one ever thinks of me, people have forgotten me, you guys online, I hope you don't feel forgotten. But can I just say, the ball works both ways. You know, my phone works, we've each got phones, right? Works both ways. You want to spend time with someone, just get where they are. Do what they're doing, you'll have time. You want to find the Lord, don't wait for Him to come find you, you find Him. And find what he's busy with and get involved 
there. Verse 24, it says, The man who had received one bag of gold came. He said, Master, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. What did this guy know about his master? That you are a harsh man. That you harvest where you haven't uh, sown. And I was afraid, so I hid. You understand? He had a picture of the name of his master. The other two had a different picture of the name of their master because they said, this guy will back me up. If I just try, if I get out of the boat, he'll help me walk on the water. The third guy was scared of the master. He said, you're a harsh guy. You just want to punish those who do wrong. So I was scared, so I did nothing. Didn't even put the money in the bank. You understand the understanding that we have of God's nature will affect our understanding of his ways and our service of him. Make sense? I think Ezekiel, Exodus tells us four characteristics of the Father. When we read those things, we, we, we understand He's not just the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah. We, you know, it's not just, okay, I know how to write His name down. No, so I know who He is. I think He is a loving God. I think He's a seeking, a searching God, a sending God, and a loving Father. Yeah? We read those, didn't we? The Lord, it starts off, the self-existent one. It's amazing. Why would God choose to love humankind? Why? Because of who He is. Capital L-O-R-D. He's a loving God. He's, he's able to love generations, maintain love to thousands. We see not just His name, but He's a loving God. He's a searching God. It says He's compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, forgiving sin. I tell you, if you are far from God today, you need to know this information. You need to know this is the type of God that we serve. He's forgiving. <laughs> he's gracious. He's slow to anger. Isn't that amazing? Hey. Luke chapter 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He's ascending God. He's ascending God. As much as He's slow to anger to, to bring those close to Him, He sends you and I to find them. He's ascending God, just like we are, so He is, so we should be. John twenty twenty one. as the Father sent me, Jesus says, I'm sending you. He's a loving God. He's a searching God. He's ascending God. And finally, He reveals Himself as a Father. He's just. You know when we read there, um, we, we read he, he doesn't, he punishes two generations. He doesn't let uh, people get, get uh, off the hook with their sins. You know why that's important? It shouldn't make us feel scared of God. You know why that's important? It's because we know he's a just God. When I know God is just, I know I can trust him because he will always be just. I don't have to worry that he's going to have a bad day and he's going to be short-tempered with me. He's a just God. He's a loving God. He's a father who wants a relationship with his sons and his daughters. Fathers love us, provide for us, and give us a future. The name of God is more about who he is than what he is called. The nature of God is so important that you and I understand his, who he is because it affects the way we respond to him. Remember the, 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 the story with the, uh, tax, the, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector praying. Do you remember? Have you read that passage? Jesus tells a story. He says a, tax, a, a Pharisee, a religious man who should have known better, he was praying and he went and he stood in a prominent place and he raised his hands and he shouted out, out loud. Nothing wrong with shouting unless you're trying to attract attention to yourself. And he said, oh God, I'm so glad I'm not a sinner like these puffy people around me. 
I'm so glad I'm, you know, I'm doing you a favor to serve you. Hey, Jesus says that man went away not justified. And then the tax collector, a sinner, it's code for someone that is ostracized. It says he went and he hid somewhere unnoticed and he hit himself on his chest. He said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. You see, when we come to God, if we don't understand his nature, we have to try and puff ourselves up. Oh God, I I was so good for you this week. I ate my vegetables and I smiled at my neighbor. Aren't you glad? But when we know his nature, we know when I'm far from God, when I'm close to God, I come to him. When I'm plagued by others, when I'm plagued by the circumstance, I come to him. And I know his nature. And so the last thing that I want to say this morning is, so now what? Aren't you impressed with my very clever three-word alliteration? His name, his nature, and now what? Now what? I've said this again, but my dream, we spoke about this last week, Pentecost, 3,000 added to the church in one day, right? Yeah? They had 12 apostles worked as the elders in that local church. 12 leaders to 3,000 people plus. Imagine getting 3,000 visitors in this church. Imagine getting 300. Imagine getting 30. Imagine looking around you and saying, I don't know anyone here today. Some of you guys have said that to us. Yeah? I remember years ago, I went away on a trip and I, uh, there was flight issues. I was an illegal immigrant in another country for two days. Eventually, they managed to fly us back into the country. It meant I missed a third Sunday. When I walked in the next, the fourth Sunday, Colette was at home. I was traveling with some guys. When, when I came back, I looked around. I didn't know anyone in the row that I was sitting in or the row behind me. Something had happened while I was away. I want to say, are we trusting God for that? That early church, because of the quality of who they were as servants of Jesus, as people in love with Jesus, you didn't need five. When we, we watched a program. There were two personal trainers for two people. I'm like, come on now. Hey? Then they added seven deacons, 19. 19 leaders, because people were following Jesus. What we've got to do is encourage each other as we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've read that recently. I want to focus on this. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you want to know what that is? Do you want to know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life? You know how we find it? We know it by knowing Him and understanding His ways. You see, when I know God, it simplifies my choices. It simplifies my responses. God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. I don't have to worry, do I give my life or not? Do I serve or not? Do I be generous or not? Do I walk in faith or by sight? Because we've seen Jesus, right? We understand His ways. We can follow His heart. So how do we walk according to His ways that we might find His glory? It's really simple. Whenever you have a decision to make, a course of action to take, a response to give, a plan to to kind of settle. Whenever you have all that, just ask yourself, how does this get me closer to Jesus' agenda? What's Jesus' agenda? To show his love to all the world and offer salvation to all mankind. If you're figuring out which job should I take, if you're sitting with a decision like that, well, which job helps me shine for Jesus more? 
Which house should I live in? Well, which one advances the cause of the kingdom? Which one helps me show that Jesus is a God who loves, that Jesus is a God who searches, Jesus is a God who sends, and He's a loving Father? Those bracelets became, we all laughed at them, the WWJD bracelets. Like, oh yeah, everyone's got one. I wonder if we actually had it in our hearts or just on our wrists. You want to know, what, am I, what should I do, Lord? Should I take this one, this one, or this one? Door, which should I take? Well, which would Jesus take? If I know his ways, I can walk according to his will. We put his nature over my desires, his nature over my selfish plans, his nature over my limited horizons. Uh, a guy called Robert Gay wrote this word. I'll finish with this. He wrote this song. He says, if I have found favor in your eyes, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. That I might be pleasing in your sight. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. And if God, you have called me by my name, teach me your ways. Friends, it's up to us how we respond to Jesus. It's up to us how we listen to his voice and how we apply his word. It's up to us how we understand his ways. I'm going to pray for us in a moment, and I'm going to give an opportunity. We'll finish the meeting with time for ministry. As I've been praying this week, I felt the word trust come to mind. And I don't know if you're here and you feel like you've been let down. Maybe you feel God has let you down. I don't know if you feel like trust has failed you. Maybe this morning it's time to say, Lord, you're just, I can trust you. I know you. You're not a harsh master. I know you're loving. You search for me. You send me. You're a good father. I'd love to pray for us this morning that we might understand his ways, that we might trust him. When he says, my son or my daughter, walk this way, we can go, I'll walk that way, Lord, because I trust you. I'm not fearful, God. Are you, are you setting me up for failure? God, are you asking too much for me? I won't waste the time. I, I can tell you story after story where it's been like a crossroads and it's God said, my boy, you need to do this. You need to settle this. And if we're scared of him, we won't entrust ourselves to him. But when we understand his ways because we understand his nature, we can trust God. Should we stand? Friends at home, I trust you'll allow God to minister with you right now. If you want to stand at home, let the Lord speak to you. Let him minister to you. Let him restore the trust between a son and a daughter and their heavenly father. And uh, so, Sarah, maybe you guys can just help us with the band. Thanks. And uh, we'll see how we go. If we, uh, guys at home, if you're needing to head off, God bless you. Have a great week. Trust God will bless you. Guys in the, in the building. If you're wanting to slip out and find yourself some coffee, you're welcome. We're just going to wait on the Lord just for a moment or two. You're welcome to come up front if you'd like someone to pray for you. Just a brother or a sister, come stand next to you and just support you. I would be bold enough this morning to say it's time for your trust to be restored. Maybe it's the people of God that then reflect fully on their God. 
Maybe you're saying, humans have let me down, therefore God, you've let me down. Will you this morning settle these issues? Say, God, I know you by name. I want to continue to find favor in your sight. To do that, these things need to go. You might want to open your hands and just say, Lord, I'm, I'm letting them go. I'm letting them down. You might want to open your hands and say, Lord, help me. If you want to come to the front, you're more than welcome. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You've been with us all morning. You're not just with us when we're in a corporate meeting either. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. I pray, Father, for us this morning where we feel unloved, that we would know that you, God, are love. Where we feel like we've been lost along the way or, God, you've forgotten us, that we would be reminded that you are the God that seeks and saves. Father, for those of us who are feeling frustrated, wondering what our purpose is, that we would be reminded that you're the God that sends. And Father, for those of us that feel far from you, that we would be reminded that you're a just, loving Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you just reach out to the Lord now where you are? That's where you are. So Jesus, would you take my heart? I don't want a list of to-dos. I want to know you. I don't want to know a list. I want to know you. I don't want to know this is sinful and that's not sinful. I want to know you. That I follow you and, and naturally, Lord, I do what you want. And I find favor with you. I pray for those of us facing potential to make the wrong call to give in to sin, to, to, to surrender to temptation. Those of us who have a whirlwind in our mind, I pray, Jesus, that you this morning would settle those things as we see you clearly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.